0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, joined by Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. And Sam Rodriguez, that's me. I pointed the wrong people. Y'all see what I did there?
0: That was trickery.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the people on radio don't see the shenanigans that goes on it's behind crazy. the microphones. It's crazy. It's but I'm right. happy to have you guys here. You know, last couple of shows, you know, we had people miss for various reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom was protesting, which you know, I'm <laughs> glad you we've come to uh, an agreement. Yep. About whatever you were protesting, you yep. know, it was a good thing. But Thank anyway, you. appreciate that. Just <laughs> glad you're back. <laughs> Uh, and so we are uh so I thought having both of you here I thought it'd be a good thing to talk about lepers.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, that's something I, that Tom and I have in common.
1: <laughs> Do you see the uh, the connection and where we were where we're going with that? Well the Tom, Tom and
0: I typically we, we collect armadillos which are uh, natural carriers of the leprosy bacteria. Now so, so I didn't know that. Is that true That actually? is true. Do not play with with armadillos. They carry leprosy. Wow. So that's pretty serious. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. We, look at my fingers.
1: Yeah, you. <laughs> terrible. You do not play with with uh, with armadillos. First of all, so and also, uh, we That's don't. Bad. We want to make light light of that. And you know, interestingly, leprosy is one of those things that has virtually disappeared from yeah. the face of the earth, which is nice. I mean, it's, I mean, we're so glad. And of course, you know, like uh, on the island of Molokai, right, oh. Father Damien and that whole story. That was literally just a hundred. Something years ago, right,
0: mm-hmm. what a beautiful story though, and a testament to the faith
1: oh yeah it's very uh, wonderful and and uh and also it makes me think about like those people who would be willing to go into literally into the face of the unknown, oh yeah, um, with the realization that they're probably not going to come out of it unscathed on the other end physically
0: right mm. right
1: and and what's going what's going to end up happening, but here we have a situation where we're looking in the seventeenth chapter of the gospel, according to Luke. And uh, we're reading, as Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he had been healed, returned, glorifying God in a loud voice. And he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. This is another interesting parable. And again, we see the Samaritans in the middle of all this. Oh, yeah. Right? And and, and a couple of times we've had where the where the Samaritans are... You know we understand the, the the relationship between the Samaritans and the Jews. They didn't like each other, nope. right? They were sworn enemies. They just you know the Samaritans were half breeds or whatever terrible thing you'd say about them because of intermarriage, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were no friends to each other. And now another time where Jesus recognizes the Samaritan as the one that does the heroic or the the, the the virtuous thing mm-hmm. by coming. And so let's figure out what is the virtuous thing here. I mean, what's going on, obviously? Sam?
0: He's, he's, go ahead. Oh.
1: <laughs> Tom was going to answer because he knew the answer. He's like, gonna oh, say he's oh, gonna... oh. <laughs> Arnold Horshack. <laughs> yeah, no, he was just thankful. Isn't that the virtue? I mean, yes, he was thankful. I mean, yeah. but again, he was really the only one out of those ten. Right, right.
0: right? Well, it's funny because I've heard this. uh, I heard a homily on this once where the priest asked us to think about what it must have been like to go from being a leper and having the disfiguring effects of leprosy, which would include missing pieces of your flesh. Oh, yeah, yeah, awful. It's an awful disease. You know, missing fingers that were once there. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, they walk away and they see flesh where there was no. Flesh
1: And have feeling where there was no feeling. And have
0: fe- exactly. And, and what the priest was saying is, imagine seeing such radical change. He's like, only God can do that. Mm-hmm. Only God can create flesh out of nothing. Yeah. Right. And these people, nine out of ten of them, saw what had to have been the most remarkable, amazing, incredible thing that had ever happened in their life. Yeah. And... They were just concerned about, I guess, themselves and just kind of seizing that moment for themselves as opposed to realizing God worked a miracle and that it's not explainable in any other way except that man right there, Jesus. Right. And so this guy turned around and, gave, and recognized that and gave it thanks. So I think part of it is, is he had eyes to see God working. Yeah, so,
1: mm-hmm. I know, and so there's a challenge there because it wasn't just the one guy that it says. It says they stood at a distance from him, they and raised their voices, saying, "Jesus, Master, have pity on us." They all recognized it was Jesus, mm. but only nine of them. I mean, all but nine of them failed to sort of come back and and find out more about this Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And it was just the one that w- that w- was thankful for this. And it's not, you know what, I don't think God really does these things so that he can be thanked.
2: He doesn't right? need
0: that, right? No,
1: he does not yeah. need our thanks. But I think what, what's happening here, and is just something for us to, and ourselves to see, maybe ourselves sometimes, maybe a lot more than we want to believe, as one of those nine, right that have received blessings that that miraculous events you know just things that that have gone well for us and yet do we return right do we do we pay it back or pay it forward do we do we take the gifts that we have
0: and do we then we pour them into something else or someone else so the thing that comes to mind as we're unpacking this I think many of us have seen these studies that say that in the average parish, you're lucky if 14% of the parish is doing the heavy lifting in terms of service work right. and in terms of money. And so if you think about this, if we just round that down, the notion of in a given parish, you know, it's not out of the question to say you got 10% who are responding to what God's done in their life. Yeah. You know, Like we love because God loved us first. You know, recognizing that God's loved me, and I'm going to respond to that and love back. And then you've got nine other people, ninety percent of the the crowd receiving. You know, but just I guess maybe if you're just kind of feeling what entitled, right? And, you know, not, and not and not
1: yeah, exactly, not repaying the gifts, not uh, not fully active and fully engaged. Because I can imagine. I mean, could you imagine a parish that where it was reversed?
0: Oh gosh, oh, man, we're only ten percent. Because you imagine?
1: Yeah, yeah. It would just it would it would just be amazing. And you know, God doesn't even ask that much of us. And I, I know, um, you know, if you look at like the, the the biblical number of tithing, you know, where if you most of the Reformed churches will talk about ten percent, you know, ten percent, ten percent of your income, ten percent of all these things. And and I know that God isn't necessarily you know uh, working just in the numbers business. Uh, like it's some kind of accounting thing but but if you were to look at, even at that number ten percent that he's only asking for ten percent mm. right and if if everybody tithed if, if everybody took their ten percent and 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 poured it into the the church coffers and I'm not just talking about cash I'm talking about th- their spirituality their 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 participation their their volunteerism their resources just their time and if if everyone did that, what an amazing parish it would be
0: incredible mm.
1: yeah so it's a it's a it's a i think it's a lesson learned uh why uh it's important for us not to be one of those nine, and not just because like well, how rude they didn't even say thank you right you know, we we get offended, I think, if we give somebody something and we don't get something in return, but Jesus is also very clear in other scriptures where he specifically says, you know th- love is giving something and not expecting something in return right it's not you're not doing it so that you get because you've already received your reward right if you if you're doing this so that you get a thank you, then you've already received your reward in heaven. You don't need a reward here, mm-hmm. right? This is really about um, the, the the creative love of the Almighty and how it spreads mm-hmm. right So grace is like rain that falls down on the world, but I think I think in reality that rain is sort of that that grace is soaked up by us and and then we're supposed to. Like, be the the bees with the pollen, right, and take this everywhere they go and flit about with with this grace, and that's how all this stuff spreads, and that's how God does what he does, and that's why I think it's so important that we be that one person. Or try to make the the, the percentage at least go to 20%, and then work on 30% or 40%. But if we aren't thankful, we're, we're actually not recognizing where the true gift is coming from
0: well all as right. I, as I'm listening to you I'm, and what's going through my mind here is you know will what, he ever shut up <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to me to put words in your mouth. no, no, <laughs> what was going through my mind is 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 that we're all spiritual lepers, you know we might not have had been dis had our flesh disfigured through a a flesh eating Bacteria, But we're all spiritual lepers in one way or another.
1: Okay, so, no, this is great. And we're going to go to spiritual lepers. I want to talk about spiritual lepers because I think that's the other part of this that we all need to look at. It's like, well, I haven't had a, you know, disfiguring disease. (laughs) Body parts haven't fallen off. And so I really, this is not about me, right? This is just... about about somebody else yeah Yeah, about them (laughs) Uh, but I I think this spiritual leprosy thing is like the key to a whole other aspect that we need to to sort of discover about this particular uh, little uh, story that uh, Jesus has us walk through Um, but before we do that we're going to take a break right Mm -hmm. Uh, because I want to have time to break that one open. Uh, but before we take that break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com.
0: Easy for you to say. No, it's not, actually, and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And also, like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter, and like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. Absolutely. And so, with that,
1: we will be right back.
2: Vestriszimski, and this is another great moment in church history. How can someone so small and weak in the eyes of the world have such a tremendous impact on the spiritual lives of millions around the globe? Saint Therese of Lisieux, better known as the Little Flower, was this small person. Born in France over a century ago, she has changed the spiritual landscape of the entire world. St. Therese believed that little things done with great love were more pleasing to God than the mightiest deeds. She wrote, Love proves itself by deeds, so how am I to show my love? Great deeds are forbidden me. The only way I can prove my love is by scattering little flowers. And these flowers are every little sacrifice, every glance and word, and the doing of the least action for love. The little flower grew up as the youngest of five living children. She was a sensitive child who felt things deeply. These deep feelings and her thoughtful attitude led her to a strong prayer life at a very young age. By her own account, she would find a quiet place and spend hours contemplating the love of the Heavenly Father. As Therese entered her teen years, her older sisters began to go into religious life. This led the little flower to seek entrance to the Carmelite monastery at the tender age of 14. She was initially refused by the superiors of the order, but her persistence paid off by taking her appeal all the way to the Pope in Rome. The superiors of the order were impressed by her persistence and maturity and allowed her to enter the Carmelite order at the age of 15. The next nine years were spent in quiet contemplation and service inside the tiny convent in Lesseux. Toward the end of her time in the convent she began to suffer from the effects of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, a deadly infectious disease that attacks the lungs, leaves the sufferer with a chronic cough, fever, night sweats, and weight loss. St. Therese suffered seriously from this disease. She was reported to have said, I have reached the point of not being able to suffer anymore because all suffering is sweet to me. She accepted her affliction as a gift from God and saw it as a sign of his friendship with her. Little everyday things done in great love can lead us to a life of grace and deeper union with Christ. The little flower can show us the way. I'm Bess and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff.
1: And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. Sitting here in this luxurious corner booth with Tom Dorian and with Ziggy Rodriguez, and we are talking about... It is luxurious, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it is. It's nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we're talking about, uh, the, well, a horrible disease, leprosy, but also just this story of Jesus and the ten lepers that he heals, mm-hmm. and only one returns. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a Samaritan again, you know, so that's... We, you know, it's another part of the story. It's like, you know, the unlikely, the most unlikely uh, people, supposedly, mm-hmm. will come back and say thanks or or give God the glory for for what happened. You know, who will who will then? I'm sure that man is probably the one that would then sort of pay it forward and and, and move out into the circles and and do all the good stuff that he can do for other folks. You know, knowing that having received the blessing of God, acknowledging the blessing of God, mm-hmm. right. And then um, Sam, you 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 pulled out this little zinger there at the end of the last segment talking about spiritual leprosy, mm-hmm. and that's why we have you on this show is because you know you bring out the little zingers and we like that, because uh, Tom and I just look at each other like, what are we going to do next? I guess uh, tell me a banana nut bread exactly recipe. Actually,
0: right. He's actually right. He's not, he's not just saying.
1: So so Sam, uh, l- first of all, let's let's we need to talk about leprosy, mm-hmm. right? And of course we were joking earlier, and we all. But it's like it's a it was a horrific disease. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible thing, and and back then there was no cure certainly, Um, and it was it was a sure means of death, and you got ostracized from everybody.
0: Yeah. So what I'm reminded as I'm hearing you say that is, I heard a a speaker talk about the the passion of Christ, and, and and that you know they give there's one thing aspect about Christ's passion that is similar across all four stories, and that's the loneliness of his passion, and I think, you know, in the same regard, something that is consistent for lepers in this era, you know, they all suffered physically, you know, just as Christ suffered on right. the cross physically, to varying degrees, you know, um, but they, the experience of extreme loneliness, isolation, rejection...
1: They were literally ostracized, right, and made to live in little compounds that were outside... The city,
0: and they had to yell in order to be in line with Jewish law. Unclean, unclean. When right, right. someone walked by, which sounds cruel and it sounds mean, but it is also this is a way of of, of containing the disease. Sounds practical. It was very practical, but it's very demeaning. Very
1: demeaning, yeah. not to say the least. I mean, because it's like it's awful that you'd be basically walking around saying unclean and. Uh, you know, if again the Father Damien story, you know, Molokai, that that island, that place where they were, I mean, essentially was like it, it was off the beaten tracks. It was like this is where we're sending these people. They, they, they're not going to interact with the rest of mm-hmm. so, you know society. They're going to be uh, confined and ostracized. So there's a, there is uh, a horrible loneliness mm-hmm. uh, in 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 their particular suffering. Um, and so what's beautiful though is this one that is cleansed right gives thanks and and again the other nine that don't but the one that's that gives you know imagine like you said seeing your fingers again mhm maybe not having had fingers for however many years cuz this is a long slow uh progressive disease that gets worse and worse and worse and worse until literally you basically fall apart it's it's horrendous and, and horrible And a lot of people might look at the story and go like, well, I see the whole one and nine. I I understand, you know, but really I'm not in that boat. I mean, I'm not having a horrible medical condition. I'm not ostracized. I'm not separated from everybody. And it's like, are you not? Uh
0: You know, what's going on here? Because you mentioned spiritual leprosy. What is that what what do you mean by that? Well a couple of things. One, you know, in addition to being ostracized, they're also unfit for the temple. Um, you know, under Jewish law, they're not admitted to the temple for worship, and so uh, there are certain things within us that make us unfit for the make us unclean before God, unfit for the temple. Yeah, right. And then there's also things that create deep shame within our lives, which cause us to stay on the outside, where we may be saying to ourselves, we may not be admitting it readily to others, but saying to ourselves, "Unclean, unclean," and I can't really reveal myself. If people knew who I was and right. what I struggled with, they wouldn't love me. Right. You know? And yeah. then, and then that can also lead to how that makes you feel with regard to your relationship with God. Even though you know that God knows everything about you,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you can't sometimes really wrap your head or heart around the notion that God would love even you in your mess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, then that that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is that we have far too many people, I think In the world that are tempted not to say unclean unclean
0: oh yeah and to ignore
1: the leprosy right the spiritual leprosy to ignore the you know and and i would say that like we we need more people just realizing where we're broken Mm -hmm. and admitting where we're broken and one of the greatest places to shout unclean unclean is in the confessional Mm -hmm. oh yeah right because it's an opportunity to be cleansed right and then to give thanks to god for having that opportunity, I—I—I'm telling you, some of the best feeling I've ever had in my life is when you—that—that that instant you walk out of the confessional. Oh yeah. Yep. Right, and and you're thinking like right now, if I could get hit by a bus, now would be the time. It's perfect. You know, it's, it's like I just—I feel like I'm just—I'm just connected to God, and I don't want to get hit by a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. ask for that. But but the reality is 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 to realize that I was unclean. And now I want to go around telling people I was unclean, but now I'm clean. And a lot of times you're, people don't want to admit that being unclean. And they also don't want to um, answer for it. They don't want to go and realize it. And I'm thinking that this story also is a powerful um, call to each of us to recognize that we, we are the lepers in the story. That all of us, in some sense,
0: every human being alive uh, in some sense has is blind spots has excuses that they tell themselves to uh, you know excuse the sins that they that they might be having in their lives or the you know the vices that they've admitted Tom to Tom doesn't their he sound judgmental when he says those he things does. No but it, <laughs> that includes <laughs> He's looking right but at that me That includes me Now you're right you're, you're exactly right And one thought that comes to me Deacon Jeff as I was listening to you and I'd never really thought about this before but those nine who left they got healed of one kind of leprosy.
1: Yeah, what are they going to fall into?
0: Right. They didn't get healed of the spiritual leprosy. They called out to Jesus because they needed this one thing fixed. You know, the leprosy for them was the problem. Getting readmitted to society was the problem. They turned to Jesus to fix that problem. He does it, and then they're going to go and just rush to go live their lives. Whereas the one leper, who the Samaritan, who decided to turn back to jesus get on his knees and give thanks right he received the fullness of the healing
1: that's right and because there's the recognition there's the fullness of the grace and then certainly if he's coming back to say thanks to jesus that literally his life is going to be rooted in christ from that point forward right, right? which is different than the other nine which we don't know where they are and what <laughs> they've done right they've they won the lottery and now they're just running around town are they are they like the prodigal son Mm. You know, and and hopefully one day they would turn. But the reality is, you know, you mentioned blind spots. You know there there are there are diseases. There there is a spiritual leprosy, and all of us we don't always even see that stuff mm-hmm. when it's when it's attacking us. When it's when we're tripping over things, and, and 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 you know, the nice thing to note is that that one leper that came back, I, I doubt he has blind spots because he, but he's been he's been made to see. Mm-hmm. He's no longer blind. And he comes, and he, and so Jesus has his blind spot. Mm. He doesn't even need to use the signal on the car anymore. It's just like boot. I'm just I just go left when right. I want to go left because Jesus got me covered. Right. right. The other nine, there's a difficulty there. Right there, if they're not sure why they were healed, maybe it was their lucky day they won the lottery and everything's great. But if they don't realize from whence it came, they're going to fall right back into some kind of problem because their eyes are not fixed on Christ.
2: Right
0: one phrase that comes to mind from scriptures that's really hard, I think, for everybody, or at least very much for me, is make no provision for the flesh, right? And I can tell you guys that even though God might have blessed me to break through this or that habitual sin and has helped me grow and show the power of God, you know, moving in my life to help me grow in virtue or at least pursue it, right? I can also tell you I am making provisions for the flesh daily. You know what I mean? And and so uh, I think that... And I have little excuses that I tell myself daily to say, "Well, I can do this, and I can do this." And I, I think that taking taking stock of our excuses. And recognizing that that's what they are, we're not going to be able to get rid of all of them at once, but if yeah. at least we're able to call it out and be like, I should be doing better than this. But really, but,
1: but recognition <laughs> of the uncleanness. Yes. Right? Our own self-recognition that we need a Savior. Yes. And then going and receiving the grace. So like the sacrament of confession, what a beautiful way to go and to receive, to be in the presence of the Master.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So, and, to be, and to be healed yes right and then then it's like as long as you keep coming back to where you know the well of grace is mm. right and you, you don't run away thinking i've got my bundle of grace and now I'm, I'm out into the world the reality is if you don't stay rooted to that mm. so i would imagine that you know this this the one good leper here the samaritan leper i, I would imagine that he set up a tent like <laughs> probably, he probably became one of Jesus' disciples and followed him wherever. Uh, Although we're in the 17th did. chapter of Luke, so this is towards the end of Jesus' ministry. I would imagine he was there at the crucifixion. I would imagine he didn't want to leave Jesus' side. Right. I imagine he wept bitterly you know, at the crucifixion. But I imagine also he was in that first early church. Three thousand were baptized that day. I imagine the Samaritan was actually in that group of people. And yeah. I, I, that's, that's what I think.
0: That's what I image because that's the guy that was rooted in Jesus Christ. And then maybe those nine who walked away, or at least some of them, I mean, what if some of them played a role in, in, in attacking Christ? Maybe and and accusing Christ, we don't know. We don't know. But I mean, if we really want to kind of wrap ourselves around the lived experience of these people and what might how things might have played out, it's very possible. It's very possible that some of the people who were healed by Christ were some of the people who turned against him, or at least fell away. Right. Right. And just and basically, it was like, well, you know,
1: we tried, but you know, we all have that opportunity. We all have the we're, we're given the grace, the opportunity for the grace, and if we accept it truly and we're actually transformed by it, literally, then, then we are like on the road, the, the right road to be on. So let's pray for those other nine. And I guess the thing is, you, you listening to this, who are you, right? Are we the ones that yell out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us? And do we want to hear, stand up and go, your faith has saved you? Where do we find ourselves in this story? Our Blessed Mother will walk with us. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of, of God, God. Pray, pray for, for us, us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at decatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation, one cup of coffee at a time.